friends, Uncle Marv here with a brand new episode of the IT Business Podcast, the first for 2023. And it is our usual spot, Wednesday evenings, 8 p.m. Eastern. We are doing the live show presented by NetAlly and Computers Done Right. Tonight, I am joined by Akars Vinod. You may remember him from episode 400 where we talked about the side hustle entrepreneurship. Akarsh, how are you? Doing great. And what episode number is it now? Um, oh, I don't know, 480. I don't know. <laughs> Almost 100 episodes later. Look at that. Yep. Uh, I should always check that before I get started, but I don't. But yeah, we are um, actually, this is probably going to be 465. Okay. So, okay. I was not hoping as- to get that coveted 500 spot, you know? Oh. <laughs> Well, you actually uh, got the first spot in 2023, so let me be the first to ask you, how are you doing in the new year? I'm doing wonderful. I had a very relaxing holiday in Hawaii because my in-laws live there, so it's always you know, a great opportunity to, to visit. So just relaxing on the beach. Uh, my sister-in-law took me on a crazy hike recently, so that almost killed me. But besides that, it's been relaxing. <laughs> so a crazy hike in Hawaii. So I assume there was mountains or volcanoes involved, right? Yeah, yeah. No volcanoes, luckily, at least no active ones. But we did climb to the summit of a mountain for New Year's Eve so we could see the fireworks across the entire island. I mean, the view was great. The hike was grueling. Oh, my yeah. goodness. See, that's, that's, uh, that's not fun to do on Christmas Eve. But uh, anyway, but you got to be in Hawaii. So how long have you been there? Did you miss out on all of the cold spells that the U.S. got? Yes, I luckily missed out on that whole, whatever it was called, the bomb cyclone. Um, (laughs) I mean, I live in California anyway, so it's not really that cold. But we are apparently flooding right now today in the uh, Bay Area. And I'm missing that too, luckily. Instead, I just get the Hawaii rains, which is still a lot. But um, yeah, the soil is apparently saturated, um, completely saturated in the Bay Area. And so it's been raining for like a week or two, so I've heard. Hmm. Um, But I've missed all of that. And I'm just here in in sunny slash rainy Hawaii. All right. Well, I'm here in sunny Florida, and it has not rained in a while. And um, I'm pretty happy with the uh, temperature right now. Oh, it just dropped. It's now 77 degrees. Oof, cold. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to uh, tidy up on the way home. So, all right, Akarsh. Well, we had uh, had you on back uh, on that episode 400, and you were in the midst of this Indiegogo campaign. And you had talked about the the whole concept of starting an idea from scratch and funding it and all the things that you learned as an entrepreneur in terms of how to de-risk and things of that nature. And this, what I'm holding in my hand for those that are watching the video is the product. This is your deal node speaker. And I did order through the campaign and I ordered a set of three and they came in actually right after Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I shipped them all like the week after Thanksgiving and I was like, I hope it makes it to people before Christmas. But yeah. Yeah. So why don't we refresh everybody's memory about these speakers? These uh, are called Dio nodes, but they're not your average speaker. Yes, they are not. So, you know, I mean, I think just about every person who makes a product, you know, is able to see a hole in the market, see something that their product does that others don't. So I'm, of course, biased, think that my product is the most. Um, but the, the problem I was really trying to solve here that makes these speakers different kind of comes from two sides. So when you think of your traditional wireless speaker, most of those speakers are Bluetooth. Bluetooth only really allows you to play to one speaker at a time, one device at a time. So usually you get these portable Bluetooth speakers, you carry them around everywhere, you listen to music out loud, you know, and now you have your phone in one hand and your Bluetooth speaker in the other. Um, then you've got the speakers that can actually do multi-connection stuff. And those tend to be Wi-Fi based, but those speakers are always really high tech, really complex. They require you, you know, to use them. You had to download an app then create a login in that app 
And then in the app, log in to all of your audio services, like whatever, and then take, you know, another 10 to 15 minutes actually setting up the speaker um, and doing all this stuff, you know, enabling the voice assistant on the speaker or doing whatever, right? Uh, they're jam-packed with all this extra technology. They're very complex. And so they really only speak to affluent tech enthusiast audiophiles with big homes, right? Like this very particular high-end kind of uh, aspect. Um, and like Sonos, right? That, that's the market leader on that side of things. So I kind of looked at both these sides and I'm like, is there a way to make a speaker as simple to use as a Bluetooth speaker, right? Just, just plug and play, just connect to it. It just works while making it, you know, more cost effective, more easier to use uh, and, and more that something that, you know, people aren't daunted by, but can just, anyone can do it um, compared to like the Sonoses and stuff, right? It's just more accessible. So that's really what makes Node unique is it's a multi-speaker solution, not a single speaker. Um, but it's a multi-speaker solution that is very simple and very affordable, but still has the flexibility of doing all that multi-speaker. Um, yeah, so that's that's the speaker. All right, and I got I did get a three-set, so I do have three. I have the one that I'm holding here in my hand in front of the screen. I actually have one behind me on the set, and then I have a third on the other side of the room. And I'll say this. When I first got them and I saw them, I said, hmm, this looks a little more complicated than I thought they were going to be, mainly because of the Apple AirPlay, which um, I'm going to start with the stuff I don't like first. (laughs) And and probably that's just me because I've never done it. Like you mentioned, uh, Bluetooth has been the way that most of us have connected to speakers and you're just used to doing that. You go in, you hit Bluetooth, you hit your speaker, and, and you go. And you do it with your head, you know, the earbuds and and all of that stuff. But trying to connect three speakers, that kind of threw me for a loop at first. And not that it was hard. It just was a little different thinking. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And that's been one of the big aspects, right? Um, a lot of – so when you're starting an – consumer e-commerce company, right? Let's say that that's really what I'm starting. There's kind of two types of them. There's one, which is you're selling something everyone is familiar with, like a t-shirt or stickers, mugs, things like that. And you're just a little bit more creative with, with what it is. Um, but everyone can look at it and they can just kind of understand what it is. You know how to wear a t-shirt, you know how to stick a sticker on you know, your water bottle or whatever. Um, and you're really just buying the, the theme of what people are selling. And then there's the other side, which tends to be like on the, you know, consumer electronics, or if you're really trying to make something that is a little bit more complex, a little bit newer, you know, of a concept. uh, And that side of things has a different muscle, right, that you need to exercise, which is customer education. And that's been one of those things I kind of realized early on, but it's still a growing learning process of how best to educate your customers on how the thing you're selling, how to use it. How is a unique, uh, you know, how do you kind of rewire their brains a little bit for something for something new? And that's always been a challenge. And I totally agree, right? When you're really familiar with something, you know, even for me, switching from Excel to Google Sheets has been hard. Even though I have a lot of friends at Google who argue with me that Google Sheets is just simpler. And I'm like, but it's so complex when I'm used <laughs> to you doing things the way Excel right. does it. Um so I totally agree, and I can I can see that, and I I knew that was going to be an issue. Um, one of the things early on to keep with the theme of just entrepreneurship, the entrepreneurial journey, learning right, like how le- just learning how to do these things. Um, one of the early steps I'd taken when it came to customer education was like, okay, how do I show people before they purchase just how to use the speakers so they can see how simple it is? And I started with just kind of low-hanging fruit. Let me just do screenshots on your phone and kind of be like, step one, you do this. Step two, do you do this? Step three, you do this. Step four, play your audio, right? Um, and I had that on my website on a very specific like you know, page on my website. Um, and I think that was helpful as a, as a starting point. But then there came the process of like, okay, some people don't want to go to different pages on your website. They kind of want to see things right there. So I tried to integrate that into my landing pages, kind of put that somewhere put links to those pages to to the the how it works page kind of within 
the initial thing people are looking at when they're choosing to buy the product. The next step was, okay, when people buy the product, how do you show them how to do stuff? And of course, there's a user manual. But I kind of realized early on too, like user manual is a lot of pages. A lot of people don't even really read that stuff. Um, so I try to make my user manual as easy to read as possible. But I also put a QR code there, front page, as well as when you open the box right there, there's a QR code. Here's how you set it up. And when you set it up, it also then takes you to another. Here's other things you can use. And I try to create that flow that you typically see in like an app, right? Like the Sonos app when you're setting it up, it might take you step by step on how to do stuff. And I wanted to create a similar experience to that. Um, after sending out all these speakers, though, I've also realized some people are still getting hung up. They still are like, well, I can't figure out how to use this. I can't figure out how to set it up. So the thing I've been focusing on over the holidays now is, okay, how do I create these support pages, right? Support page right now basically just says, hey, if you have an issue, contact us. Here's a contact form. Um, again, something very easy to do, very simple for me to do and implement on my side. But it's not really necessarily the most helpful to be like, now you had to wait for me or someone else on the DO team to respond to you on like answering your issue. So this December, I've been focusing on creating video tutorials now. Other people who are, you know, maybe a little bit, again, like hung up on how do you use it? There's some things that are working finicky. Um, I'm going to start creating essentially a whole bunch of videos and stick those in my support page as well, put a troubleshooting guide, update the user manuals uh, virtually so that people can access the latest ones and just have those resources so that customers can feel like they can have the materials to unite. And I think over time, as people get more familiar with the DO way of doing things, they will kind of feel like, oh, this is so much easier to do than downloading an app and having to open up another third-party app every single time I want to turn on an office speaker. Because um, with AirPlay and what we're using you know, on the Apple side, it is right there on your control center. It is, you know, yeah, it's like a nested menu, but it's you don't have to open up, close the current app you're on, open up another one and go right. somewhere. You can always access it from wherever you are. So I really think... Eventually, it'll be easier, but I'm always up for suggestions on how can you make that customer education piece even easier, right? Like videos, I think will be a great addition to what I have, um, but anything else too. Well, I think that, like you said, I, you know, was one of those people where I'll be honest, I didn't look at the manual because I'm like, I can figure this out. So it took me probably a little longer than it should have. But it was a, I mean, listen, I'm a tech too, so I guess that kind of helps. Uh, for people that are not techy and not familiar with Apple, uh, I could see that being a problem. But once you get in there and connect the devices, it's pretty straightforward from there. And then, of course, the hardest thing is making the switch. For instance, I do uh, music from the lady. I don't know if I should say her name or not uh, in case you have an, an app or device that's using that. Um, oh, there's no, there's no microphones right here. Okay. One of the, you know, joys of deal as well as they are. voices. So the Amazon, so I use Amazon music and I've got a couple of others, but that's the one I set up and tested it on. And then being able to, you know, hit the button at the top that I didn't realize you have to hit that to get to the airplay menu to add those devices. So that was uh, fine there. So I want to, you know, since we talked about setting up and stuff, I also want to let people know that once you get it set up and once you get them connected, it's easy. And then you just go into your device. Now I'm going to play a, a song from uh, my royalty free stack because we can't obviously play copyrighted music. And of course I've got the one speaker here, the one behind me. And I want to talk about two of the things that I really didn't like. So probably hard to hear but so this is playing on all three speakers and first of all I've got it up a little high but it's not fuzzy not staticky I think which is always the big thing with those types of speakers when they try to to hit the high point there um, but they're all in sync like you're not going from one room to another and you can tell that it's off by a half a beat or something like that. These are all literally in sync every single time. Yeah, you know, that's that's one of those things where the few things we wanted to do with the speaker, it, it kind of comes down to simplicity aspect too, right? Is instead of trying to do a hundred things like a lot of smart speakers and stuff try to do today, we wanted to just focus on those the very core experience. 
and try to make that as reliable as possible. Um, you know, there's always going to be some unique firmware bug here or there. We're constantly, you know, finding the small things and trying to quash them and, and releasing updates. But, um, but yeah, they are they are going to stay in sync. <laughs> and they've actually even been, you know, in order to use Apple's own AirPlay platform and stuff, that's one of those things Apple tests us and certifies us on. Um, they can only be within a certain number of, like, you know, milliseconds off of each other or whatever max at any time. Uh, and they test them for hours and stuff like that. So we, yeah, we're pretty good at holding, you know, perfect sync between the speakers. <laughs> now, when we talked last time, you know, I did kind of ask you some technical questions about, you know, what does it take to understand the nuances of doing something like that? Because most of us aren't going to learn how to create a speaker. So are there things that you've learned after the fact now that people have it, people are using it, it is mass produced. Um, are there some things that you're now thinking, Oh, I wish it had done that, or maybe I should have done this way, or has it just been absolutely fantastic what people have said about it? Yeah, no, it's been great. I mean, one of those things when you launch a product, right, is you don't hear the positive feedback. No feedback is good feedback. typically, right? But when a customer reaches out and customer support it's because they have an issue. Uh, so luckily out of the like, 170-ish customers we've had so far, I've only gotten like seven support requests. Really? Nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take that as a good sign. Granted, it's been Christmas. Maybe people are waiting until after, you know, or during Christmas to open up some of the speakers. But it's also now after Christmas. I haven't gotten any support requests over the holidays at all, like from the past two weeks. Uh, and that's been great. So I'm hoping that's good news. And those support requests we did, they tended to be small things. I did manage to surface like a couple of new bugs that were small firmware things that my team's working on updating right now. But uh, those are for very like fringe cases, right? Um, on specific kinds of networks and stuff like that. So uh, the others we were able to, you know, clarify. Um, and I realized that it was just kind of an issue of making my setup instructions a bit easier or, you know, small things like that that just made things clearer. One of the reasons why I'm doing all the, this video series now, this holiday season, um, so that that kind of solves some of those issues. too. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm hoping it's positive. Uh, one of those things as an entrepreneur is like you have to be very flexible on how on how you decide to move forward with things. Right. So you need to be ready to receive the responses. Think about the right kinds of solutions. Not everything can be solved with like a make the product not do that, right? Some of it is how do you message things or how do you create the right troubleshooting resources or uh, other aspects of, of all of that. Um, and of course, we one of the reasons I have a 60-day return policy is to help essentially ensure our customers uh, if they do run into something that's just so unbearable that they need to send it back. I want to give them the flexibility to do that too. Um, but back to the beginning of your question, which is, you know, Kind of what's been different? What have I learned? Uh, you know, not just the response to the speakers, but also just kind of my own learnings since the Indiegogo campaign. Um, there's kind of three aspects of, I think, in this kind of business, what, what you learn or, or focus on. There's the product design itself. Then secondly, it's really the operations, right? Manufacturing, shipping, logistics. And then the third aspect is the marketing and sales. Um, when I was launching the Indiegogo campaign, main focus at that point, you know, I'd already kind of focused a lot on product development. I had very decent prototypes, very similar to the final product, ready. Um, and the entire focus at that time for Dio was just marketing, really figuring out how do we get the right kind of people to get their eyeballs on our Indiegogo campaign and see if they would be willing to support it and, and actually want to pre-order these devices. So at that time, when I was talking to you, my mind was like so focused on like, okay, you know, what are the messages? What are the kind of things that I've, you know, I've learned as an entrepreneur that's gotten me to a point where people can buy the product. But since then, there's been the whole third piece that has been a big learning experience too. And this is the side that I already had more experience with from my own career. 
But when you're doing it as an entrepreneur, it's still very different, which is operations. Um, when, you know, when I kind of had the, the product prototypes done and I was like, we're ready to manufacture, uh, from initially, you know, my manufacturer that I was working with was like, yeah, it's going to be just like a three month lead time. As soon as you place the order three months later, it should be ready. Right. So the Indigo campaign ended in April. So we had, oh, sorry, May. So we had June, July, August, but for safety, I told people October, I was like, let's give it two months. Then we had a shortage. I got pushed to September. I was like, okay, that's still within October. Then we had a shortage and I got pushed to mid-October. I'm like, okay, it's technically still October. Then we had a shortage and I got pushed to November, the beginning of November. And then once that was ready, that was peak Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Christmas season for when you are getting products shipped from China to the US, getting your inventory ready. So... Not only does that make freight costs higher, it makes freight times way longer. Right, right. It took a one-month freight. So, you know, we ended up, I was very lucky, working very closely. I identified a freight forwarder actually like about a year ago. And I'd kept kind of close relationships with this freight forwarder. And I was like, I know it's normally like a month freight. I know you can't control how long the ship's at sea. But is there any way you can get the stock to us by Thanksgiving? Right, like so that I can ship this off right after Thanksgiving, and that was like moving heaven and earth. That was already, you know, pushing through the shortage issues and, and pushing my manufacturer to get it ready. You know, we had a thousand, we had two thousand speakers ready, like that we needed to manufacture. I ended up being able to push my manufacturer to just produce one thousand earlier than the rest hmm. and just get that shipped off. Now and we got that first one thousand speakers in literally on like the Saturday. At, of like Thanksgiving, like weekend, right? Okay. Like two days after Thanksgiving. So let and me then, ask this real quick because you, you've glossed over some things with the shortage and the, now all of this is, you know, post COVID and we know that we're still dealing with shortages. So how much of it was due to COVID? How much of it was due to, this is a new product and you know, they're, they're maybe not set up to just roll off, you know, a thousand a week or something like that. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was more, it was definitely more the COVID ang- aspect of it. Um, one thing that people don't realize with consumer electronics, something that I think makes it very, very different from, again, like making a t-shirt or a mug or whatever, is that there are literally hundreds of components in in that speaker. And each one of those components is manufactured in a whole different place, requires different types of raw materials, requires whatever, right? Like um, you're talking the speaker, which includes the speaker cone, the mount for it with all the screws, talking about every screw in that thing. You're talking about the plastic housing, the stainless steel grill, all of the electronics, two types of boards that go in the speaker, the power adapter and all of the things that allow power to flow. And of course, all the wiring, circuitry, resistors, capacitors, everything that goes in there. Um, And so when we talk about a shortage, it doesn't even need to be a major shortage, right? A small little, one small little thing in the entire out of the entire hundred is delayed by one week your whole production is delayed by one week right or or maybe longer sometimes it can kind of domino across uh you have a covid shutdown right in in a country like china that just until recently you had just a few covid cases in the neighborhood the entire neighborhood gets shut down you have a few covid cases in a factory every factory in that area gets shut down right you lose the few days of production here and there as, as that's going on. And that's just makes for a very dicey supply chain climate. Now you compare that or you add that with the aspect that Dio is a very small company. And so when all of these small little shortages are happening here and there, right, they're affecting us. They're also affecting all the big players. They're affecting Apple, Microsoft, et cetera. But once those factories are up and running, the first thing they're going to make is the Apple products right. and the Microsoft products. And, the <laughs> yeah. products. and you're kind of sitting at the end waiting. Exactly. So you had to wait until that whole back order is filled for those big customers until you're finally there and your small batch of like, you know, 2000 units or whatever is, which is a very small batch compared to the hundreds of millions and stuff that these other players are, are making. Um, yeah. You're, you're waiting until, that is finally ready and, and that can be sent off. 
So that's really what's going on in the supply chain world. Um, and yeah, and, and that's, that's what it really was. Uh, it wasn't really so much an issue of like, we found an issue with the speaker product itself and now we need to remake stuff because, uh, if you do your product development process, right. By the time you're ready to produce nothing in the actual hardware assembly changes. The only thing that really possibly changes is stuff in the firmware, like the software, because that can be edited at any time. Um, so we were working on firmware stuff all the way up until October. While the speakers were on freight, that is when we got our final certification from Apple um, for AirPlay. And by the time they got to the US, they were you know, allowed, they were fully certified, ready to sell. Um, but the Apple stuff was really on the firmware side. So we were able to kind of carry that in parallel, but that didn't really block us in any way. So let me ask that, because I know that when we talk about the Bluetooth stuff, we don't really worry about firmware. We don't worry about, is it compatible? Just about, you know, you pull a Bluetooth device out of the box, it connects. This sounds like anytime there is a an update, an iOS update or something, you may have to worry about stuff. Is that true? I mean, you know, theoretically, I shouldn't because theoretically, Apple's the kind of company that makes all their technologies work together flawlessly, right? Um, what what <laughs> okay. has happened, I say theoretically, uh, it's one of the reasons why we actually focused on Apple's AirPlay technology as kind of our first underlying platform that we joined. Um, and it's because we really trusted Apple, and we do. They they Their certification process to use their technology is intense. They really try to focus on making sure the quality of your product is just perfect. Um, but that being said, when they launched iOS 16, this is one of the, the support cases we got very, very soon after. Luckily, the customer who uh, put the support request in lived nearby where I live. And I ended up over a course of many emails finally being like, hey, can I just come over and see what's going on? <laughs> um, and we came over and, and it was great because he helped me find out that with iOS 16, so I think, so So my whole team thinks after we looked at it, um, because we didn't make any changes to our speaker when, when it was working well on, on 15. In iOS 16, there's a very specific thing that you can do that makes the entire AirPlay thing just bug out. Mm. Um, and it is essentially when you, you know, there's a, quite a few different AirPlay menus in iOS, like ways to access where all your speaker lists are and then tap the ones you want to play from. Um, but the one that we recommend, which is on your control center, uh, when you use that specific AirPlay menu, and when you tap on multiple speakers, and then when you disconnect from all the speakers at the same time, um, you are not able to reconnect to any AirPlay speakers. And we've tested this with HomePods, and with Sonos, and with our speakers, and it's happening with every AirPlay you know, speaker brand, which is why it seems like it's, it's OS. Mm. Um, and that was unfortunate because iOS 16 happened literally right when we got our inventory and started shipping out speakers. So um, that being said, we, we do have, you know, contacts at Apple um, by being, you know, an, an, an accessory partner with them. So uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from them after the holidays, hopefully sometime soon, to see if they can confirm if this is on the iOS side, if there's just something about the AirPlay implementation packages they've sent us with the firmware side, some update to make there. Um, so we'll have to kind of see how that goes. But again, it's a very fringe case, use case. Uh, and that's hopefully something one of the videos I'm going to be releasing will talk about. Um, it's nothing major. You can still use the speakers if you just use one of the other AirPlay menus um, or restart your phone. I mean, that part's a bit you know, more of a hassle. But, hey, that's um, the universal. Have you tried turning it on and off again, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so that's the thing that... That goes on. One of those problems with using a third-party technology and third-party platform, you get all the benefits of it, but you also inherit all of the problems of it. Um, and that comes back to the customer education piece uh, and helping users kind of understand how to play within those bounds. So, All right. Now, you mentioned, you know, the Indiegogo campaign, which is, you know, what you were in the midst of doing when we were last together. I purchased through that. Now the website is up. So now you're in that that other part of marketing and sales because you were trying to do the ramp up and the recognition and all of that stuff. So now that now that it you know, it's almost to the point where you feel like the work is done, 
Right. You got that first batch out. But I have to assume that it's almost like starting over again because now you've got to, you know, keep the interest level up. Uh, do you have any sense of a cycle that you're going to be into or are you going to be looking at other ways to market and sell your devices? Yeah, I mean, you you hit it right on the head, Marvin. You know, I when the Indiegogo campaign was done, I took a couple weeks off. I was absolutely exhausted and I was like, I'm kind of done with something. And then I was in this period where it was like, okay, by the time the speakers get here, there's a few small things I need to do. I need to get the website ready for sales because all my sales so far had been through Indiegogo. I need to um, make sure I, you know, I have a place to store the inventory. I kind of get kind of the logistics figured out, all the dates for freight forwarding and all of that. And then when I shipped off finally all of the speakers, you know, I got my sales order system ready on the back end, Shopify, all these kind of things. Um, I shipped out all the speakers and I was like, wow, I'm officially open for business. And when I realized that, it was like everything was starting over again. <laughs> it was really like, I need to start getting on marketing. I need to start thinking about certain things. Uh, you know, I, I spent the week after Thanksgiving, before I shipped out speakers, I wanted to make sure certain aspects, certain things were just ready. One was a referral program so that people who want to refer to friends can get a benefit for doing so. Um, and getting an email funnel so that, you know, like a few weeks after you receive your speaker, you're kind of invited to join our the referral program if you're interested in getting essentially, you know, um, coupons to buy future speakers if, if any of your friends buy them too. Um, getting also uh, certain aspects of like getting reviews, customer reviews, right? Also, again, part of an email funnel template and really giving people enough time to use the speakers and then saying, hey, what do you think about them? You know, do you want to give future customers your review? And that's when I had to start thinking about like, oh my goodness, and you get all these things done on top of finding new customers, you know, running ads, doing all the stuff I was doing during the Indiegogo campaign. Um, so when you mentioned, you know, exploring kind of broader, right, funnels and stuff, uh, when I was running the Indigo campaign, I was kind of entirely focused at that point on building up a mailing list, which meant running Facebook ads. And it was all kind of, consolidated into like Facebook ads that led to people joining the mailing list that led to them getting informed when the Indiegogo campaign went well. Um, and that was hard, but that was like easier because you're not thinking about a bunch of other things. You're just kind of thinking about Facebook marketing and they go on the website, they read everything about your website, uh, about your product, and they can choose to join the mailing list. That simple. <clears throat> now I've had to think about like, okay, like again, how do I make sure people are telling other people, the people who've already bought the product are having a good experience. They're able to tell other people through reviews and referrals about this, that they are uh, hopefully having a good enough experience to buy more speakers because usually people, first-time customers, are probably just buying a few speakers, testing them out. And then if they like them, they'll buy more in the future and saying, I want this little corner uh, to have a speaker. I want this little corner to have a speaker too. Um, and how do I kind of manage that aspect while also managing finding new customers, right? And finding new customers... Still right now, my focus is Facebook, optimizing Facebook ads. Facebook includes Instagram as well. Eventually, it'll go into Reddit. It'll go into Nextdoor. It'll go into you know, Twitter. It'll go into every other platform uh, digitally. Um, so you know, that's something where I'm slowly, I'm, I'm, I'm already overwhelmed thinking about it, but slowly we'll get there and we'll ramp there. But the first priority at this point has just been getting those customers to have a good experience, getting them to tell other people about it, and really building up a core base that can trust the company before I start really seeking out a bunch of new people to add on to this. All right. So is there the possibility, and I'm just throwing this out there, of a home shopping network, QVC, Shark Tank maybe? Because I know a lot of people have had products for a while and need that next round of funding. They show up on Shark Tank. This could be something. Yeah, like I mean, that. if if you're if the question is really is there a possibility? I mean, of course, there's also a possibility, <laughs> right? Um, uh, is it part of the plan? Right? I think as an entrepreneur, I can't say right now. In three years, I will be on Shark Tank, right? Um, or if the opportunity presents itself, like sure, why not? If it, if it's the right thing to do at that time, what I can say right now, though, for Dio is like what the right thing to do, in my opinion. But the right thing to do right now is really, really focusing on getting 
the uh, relationship people have with the brand correct, right? So that is, again, the current customers making sure that they have the right support that they need, making sure that they feel like they can trust purchasing more speakers and they feel like they can trust telling others about the speaker. Um, and on the new customer acquisition side, right, marketing side, it is making sure that those people have enough material to understand what they're getting into when they decide to purchase a speaker and finding the right kinds of people that are actually interested in the fit for this like kind of product, right? And learning about your customer, I think, is a lifelong journey, right? Like learning their needs, learning how to speak to them, learning the kinds of people you should really be targeting, the kind of use cases they're really focused and interested on. Um, and those are, that's the, the current needs, I think, of Dio is really building up that aspect of our company. And then if we're really getting into a nice, solid rapport with, um, with our customers having some steady amount of sales that we can manage, then we can think about scaling, right? Really trying to get even more visibility. Is that going to mean going on Shark Tank or on TV or running, you know, different kinds of nationwide ads? Maybe. Will that just mean going on to like a platform like Amazon or the Best Buys and Walmarts and stuff? Maybe. Um, but that's something I think I will have to um, decide as I see the ongoing, you know, evolution of our relationship. with All right. You answered that question a lot more seriously than I thought you would. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I don't know. I'm. A, but I've been giving that a lot of thought too. You know, okay. as an entrepreneur, and you're like you're trying to constantly be ready for every possibility, every yeah. eventuality, and just making sure you're set. And of course, somebody could just ask to buy you out. So that that can happen as well. But I want to do my oh, no part. Way. For some reason, I'm not even seeing that on the comments. <laughs> um. Yeah, the Happy New Year. So let me do my part. So I've I've put up on the screen, for those that are watching the video, the website. And for those listening by audio, it will be in the show notes. doconnect.com is the site. And let me throw that up here on the screen. And it has, of course, uh, the picture of the product and exactly the same as what I have here in my hand, the little square box. And... uh, of course, there's a section on how it works and talks about how to use your deal on the iPhone 10 or later. Uh, compatible speakers. That's just uh, shows that you play well with others and the support page you talked about. And you can buy directly from here. And right now it's a one pack, a three pack, which is the one that I got, or a five pack. Now, did I ask you before how many of these things can actually play at the same time? As many as your Wi-Fi network can handle. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it's a completely modular setup. So you can buy three right now. You can add one next year and then three more the year after, whatever you want to. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you're using a super old router that can only handle so many connections at once, you'll find a limit. Um if you're using a modern router that's better at managing multiple connections, it'll probably work even better and you can probably add even more. That being said, you know, most modern routers, like they can handle many, many, many devices. Like you're probably not going to reach the limit with those. Right. Um, and of course, if you have a Wi-Fi mesh system, it might work even better. Uh, there are some mesh systems that probably won't work too well with the way Dio stuff. It depends on how they manage their mesh because these speakers are all networking with each other as well. So that might hurt stuff, but there might be, uh, th- there definitely are some systems out there as well that do work with the speakers on mesh and that'll help you add even more speakers to your home. So, you know, stuff like that. I can't, I can't control every single person's network, <laughs> but for the most part, they will work um, on, on most modern systems all right and again pretty simple to use i'm actually just controlling this i've got it set up for both my phone and my tablet and that's what i'm running right now and let's see is there a royalty free music that i can play right here let me do i think i can do this one a background music so all three speakers so there we go all right, so uh, Akash, thank you very much for agreeing to come on. I had, I had hoped to get these earlier, before Christmas, <laughs> yeah. and then maybe we could have gotten some people to 
uh, to get them as Christmas gifts, but uh, yeah, this yeah, is just I fine. know. I've had a few customers who were just like, "Hey, like you know, right before Christmas, hey, do you think they're on their way?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, like here's the tracking. I've I've tried to ship these out as soon as I could ship them out. Um, there was yeah, so there. That is definitely something I was a little bit disappointed in. I've even told my manufacturer, you know, how disappointed I was with just the shortages, but at some level you can't even blame people. Right? Um, they're also struggling to get their orders from their manufacturers that make all those subcomponents uh, and getting prioritized, but uh, it is it, what it is. It happens. Um, and you're new. Yeah. You're, you're one of the, you know, the, the, the small fish in the big pond. So we get that uh, people, if you go to the website and order, Akarsh has very graciously, I did not ask for this, but he actually created a discount code that if you go to buy and check out when you uh, add it to your cart and go to check out, there is a spot to put a discount code in there. And it's very easy. Uncle Marv, one word, uh, put that in there. And what is that? What did you say? A 12% discount? Yeah, it's a 12% discount. And you know, the good news is there's still plenty of time to get them now before next Christmas. So <laughs> order now. <laughs> or to get yourself a late Christmas gift. You didn't get what you liked uh, and you've got a Visa gift card for Christmas um, or you went and returned something and got some. Go ahead and get yourself some speakers. Like I said, these uh, these are pretty nice. I Here's the thing. So I the reason I got three is because I really did want to see how they – performed well together because the whole idea of doing a surround sound for an event. And, you know, I've got this new space here. Of course, you, you probably don't know much about my new space, but I have this new meeting space where I've got my studio and we're going to have people over, you know, and having a little Bluetooth speaker in one corner of the room just isn't nice, but to have multiple speakers throughout the, the, the room here or even the office, I did have them at the house. That's where I set them up first. So being able to go from the living room to the bedroom to the patio was pretty cool. Um, and like yeah, I said, no, they, they were synced nicely. It was, really, it was really sweet. Um, one of my customers recently just put a five-star review on our website, which was really nice. Um, and he was basically like, I finally don't need to just like play one bad sounding speaker really loud, you know, to hear it as I do things around the house. I can finally have small little, you know, uh, audio points across my house playing softly and I don't like I, for, I forget what it was but I felt I think something along the lines of like I, I don't disturb the neighbors or something like that um, but I do think there's something to be said for that I think you mentioned earlier too you know just you turn up Bluetooth speakers they get loud and fuzzy you turn up these speakers they're crisp yes. because they work over Wi-Fi and there's a whole thing behind that lossless audio um, but you you can even turn them really low all over here perfectly as you're doing stuff around the house without disturbing anyone else um, my wife and I now have six speakers in our one bedroom apartment. Um, and the reason for that is because now I can just kind of like keep the audiobooks and stuff I listen to very low and it doesn't really disturb her, but, uh, it doesn't disturb my neighbors either. And I can switch them on and off between rooms as I go around and it's just, uh, it's a nice experience. And that was something we did not mention that you don't have to play all of them at the same time. You can choose one. And just play yeah. that one or two of the combination or, or whatever combination you want. And I think you mentioned that two people can actually play to different speakers. So, yeah, exactly right. Like if you if you're using you know com competitor products that require you to use to download an app to use their speakers, a lot of times if you have a guest in the house, they also need to download the app. They need to make a login, and then they need to be added to your home, and then they can control your speakers. And these ones. Once the speakers are set up on your home Wi-Fi network, anyone on your Wi-Fi network can play to the speakers. You don't need to set up anything extra to make that work. And they can use different speakers in the home. You guys can wrestle for control over the same speaker if you really want to. Um, and uh, it's just a very easy to use and, and flexible experience. That's been the goal at least. So Nice, nice. All right. So once again, folks, doconnect.com. Uh, go there, purchase your set. Try them out. They're they're great. Although I do want to say one thing. Don't expect to have a house rage party with these. It's not going to be something where you're going to blast the neighbors. It's, um, 
They're a good, they're a good level. They're not super, super loud, but they are super, super clear. And sometimes I think that's even more important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want something that's just super bassy and just goes like, wow, 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 for all of the EDM, you, you know, parties you're going to be throwing, then, I mean, then definitely there are other things on that compatible speaker list that we have actually that would probably be better fits for those kind of use cases. Um, the DO nodes are, they're really meant to be your little audio access points around the home. Um, very crisp, very clear, uh, but really for those, you know, for those all day listening to audio kind of use cases to just have a pleasant experience, not necessarily for like a rager. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. All right, Akar, uh, stay with me here. We're going to do a little housekeeping here and come back and do Florida Man or Random Question right after this. You're listening to the IT Business Podcast, the podcast for every IT professional. IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly, the number one ally of network professionals everywhere. Live stream funded by Computers Done Right. And thank you to our partners, Tom Bull, Kyle Kenyon, Clark Stockdale, and Synchro. All right. Now, did you prepare yourself for Florida Man or Random Question? Yes. I do have a Florida Man story. That I you do? All right. Now, I should first ask, is this a recent one? Because we've been off for a couple of weeks, and there were some doozies over the Christmas break, and I only will pick within the last 36 hours, but there were some great ones over the holiday break. Yeah, this is from yesterday. Yesterday? Okay. Ah, yes, it's definitely within the 36-hour window. What do you got? South Florida man cited after dog died to look like Pika. <laughs> and it's got a picture, too. It's, it's so cute. Um, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon over the holidays. I'm a huge Pokemon fan. I've been playing Pokemon Arceus, which I think came out like a year ago, but just getting around to it now because, you know, entrepreneurs have no time. Um, so this this definitely spoke to my heart right now. I, I love seeing a live Pikachu, but also that poor dog. I mean, who would do that to a dog? That is that is not. Uh... Yeah, that was. <laughs> I saw that one. That was pretty funny. The one that I picked uh, was from the Fort Myers area. And... The headline is Florida man arrested for breaking into home found naked in the bathtub. And apparently uh, the suspect was pounding on the front door of this house before entering at about 7 a.m. and set off the alarm. Uh, Neighbors called and when police arrived, they only found a broken window. So they left. And then they received a second call because the people had come home and there were strange noises coming from the upstairs bathroom. And they returned and found Levi Scholing scrubbing away in the tub in the bathroom connected to the master uh, or main bedroom, if you're trying to be politically correct. So kind of interesting that the person would break in and decide to clean up. Yes. I mean, yeah, when you said found naked in the bathroom. I thought he like passed out. Like, no, know, he was, that's, that's what I thought too. What, what a good fellow. Yeah. <laughs> so of course, some of the past headlines that we did not read over the holiday, uh, Florida man bites a police officer after hitting another with a car, then dances in traffic. Uh, let's see. Where's the one I was looking for. There was one Florida man impersonated a doctor. Of course, I'm not going to be able to see Florida man who faked being a doctor, Florida man accused of battery on a woman at a party, shoots woman for twerking. (laughs) And then there was uh, Florida man beats roommates raccoon with a hammer and threatens to kill neighbor with sewing needle. What? (laughs) And Florida man beats wife with Christmas tree when asked to do the dishes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. So Florida man does not stop during the holidays. It does not. not All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you. And uh, Akash, thank you for being the first guest of 2023. And uh, we've got some great shows. Now, 
we will be returning to our regularly scheduled managed service providers tips, how to run your IT business. But one of the things that I got during our 2022 holiday poll was continued stories that are IT related. And, you know, Akash, you had talked about, you know, you're in tech, uh, becoming an entrepreneur. And so I'm having more of you on, uh, having more people related to things that have to do with our money. Uh, there was somebody that asked to have somebody maybe related to the stress of being a business owner. And I think I've already found somebody. So we've got some great shows coming up. I've actually got talk started. Um, lessons learned when you almost lose your cyber insurance. Uh, that is a story that we've got coming up. I've got a diversity panel coming up in February. And we are going to get cranking here in 2023. And of course, let us not forget that I am still on the watch for Rob T. Ray. Where does he end up in the channel? I sent Rob a message wishing him Merry New Year, and he did respond, but still no announcement yet of where Rob Ray will end up. And ladies and gentlemen, as I have said before, at the end of 22, I will say again at the beginning of 2023, Rob, when you get ready to make that announcement, give me a call and do that here on the IT Business Podcast. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much for joining us in this new year. And Akarsh, again, thank you for coming out. Merry New Year. Always a pleasure to be here. Have a good one. All right, folks, we will see you later. I've got a show next week. And until then... Holla.